What's up, Dojo Nation? The Odyssey continues. Welcome to another episode of Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz. This is our co-host, Randy Griggs, coming to you from Lot B and Lot B- out here in rainy, Randy, California. It's, it's drizzling today. How do you feel about that? I feel like you, the weather just needs to make up his mind and do what it's going to do and do stop. One thing or the other. Yeah. You know? It's literally been every other day, sunny, drizzling, sunny, drizzling. And you know what's funny is it's going to be sunny tomorrow, and then it's raining all weekend. There you go. At least it's consistent. It's consistently inconsistent. Yes. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Flavor Odyssey. We (laughs) have got Randy. We're doing the 25 and 5 episode. I'm excited about this. I know Eric and Jordan back in the home studio are excited about this. Boys, how are you feeling today? Oh, man. I've been... I've been counting the days until this episode aired, baby, because this is the one, to me, that's really going to put the, uh, the test to you two experts, and I want to see how you handle it. It's going to be amazing. And We're definitely I putting... also <laughs> I Jordan, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, I was just, I was so distracted by... Uh, Sensei's new camera. I know. Oh, it's I so, feel so like, sharp. Look at it. It's so sexy. I mean, you know. I feel like he's right next to me, and I was just drawn like a moth to a flame. It was once as they say. the yeah. sexy cam. Now it just is the only cam. It's the cam. It's, just, it's Ooh, the cam. I, feel, I think we're making Eric blush a little bit. Yeah. Although we do have a new security cam. Black and white cam, baby. I, I like the security cam. That's this nice. is my, uh, that's my like uh, French noir camera there, you know. Yeah. I feel like you're going to tell a, a, a nice story, and it's going to take an awful long time to say one or two things. You sit there for two hours and just not know what's going on until the very end. <laughs> um, so today, guys, we've got, and gals, we are doing our 25 and 5 episode. What does that mean, Randy? It means that we are going with an expensive, I'm going with an expensive beer, you're going with an expensive cigar. Over 25 bucks was it was kind of the guideline, and I, I mean, I'm not sure if we, we may have fudged it. We got close enough. I actually found out that my beer, when it was released back in 2014, Randy, was 26.99. So I was, I did uh, get past the threshold. And to pair with my uh, very expensive and uh, bougie, if you will, beer, uh, I'm going with three cigars that cost 99 cents each. <laughs> and Randy, you're going with. A beer that you can get 99 of for, uh, what's, the, what's the 99 pack cost these days? That's, a, that's an interesting question. I, I never saw the actual uh, retail cost of it, but. Uh, it's one of those things, it's like a gag gift. You get it at Walmart just before Christmas. It's like 56 <laughs> bucks for 100 beers. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I did the math on the 12 pack of this that I bought, and this could have easily been called the 1 in 25 episode. True story. Yeah. We, <laughs> see, that's the thing. When when we're when we have a bit of a direction, Randy, you and I, we go above and beyond, baby. We don't. Uh, we're not cutting corners. We're going. We're. If you're going to get wet, you may as well swim. Is pretty much how I feel about it. That's that's a strong that's a strong saying or analogy or whatever that was. I'm going to use that in the future. I. You know what? I'm going with it. It's it's both. You can call it an analogy. It's it's not a simile though because we didn't have. 
like or as in there, right? Isn't that how that works? Oh, wow. You've already lost me. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm busy lighting my, uh, my uh, machine-made Billiger cigar here. Um, <laughs> so, boys, what are you pairing back at the studio? I know that, uh, that you guys are – you tend to play along, but speaking of fudging the rules, Randy – Yes, so Jordan came up with this idea right before show start. We're going with, I'm, we're going to double fist cigars, and I'm going to go with the uh, Drew Estate Factory Smokes, which is about $2, and then I'm going with the My Father 15th Anniversary, which comes in just under the $25, but they're no longer around, so I think that, you know, it, it, on the black market, these might be, who knows? $100. Jordan, what are you going with? I'm going with uh, Punch mm. Spring Roll. I think this might have been like the pre-release from last year, which is like 450 And then the Davidoff Chef's Edition from the 50th anniversary year, which is a $30 cigar. So we're going to wow. compare these bad boys. And I'm drinking bourbon and Topo Chico, so that also falls into the 25 <laughs> and 5 uh, category. It's a, it's a, The Topo Chico is like $25 and the bourbon is like a dollar. No, I, sw- I swap. <laughs> no, it's exactly true. If, if you can find the Topo Chico. Right, exactly. Not the, not the easiest thing to find sometimes. I, I, I've seen Randy get into a fight with another guy at Walmart because he wanted that last case of Topo Chico, and the other guy tried to take it from him. It was Yeah, I've seen Randy was, track down a terrible. Topo Chico for like three hours at a Walmart, <laughs> and he found it. He like He went into the back warehouse and he was on a this forklift a and like <laughs> swinging from the shelves and he, he, they told him no there's no Topo Chico Randy found a Topo Chico the, the ironic part about how goofy that sounds that really is a true story <laughs> that's all basically true that was uh, that I believe that happened in uh, Las Vegas Nevada Randy where the elite meet to eat you just hunt for reasons to say that it happened in Miami <laughs> oh, damn it <laughs> I thought for sure that was a, a an IPCPR 2019 story. You would have been no? there. Well, right. I, well, you guys went on a shopping mission and, oh. and took forever. And I don't. Uh, I think that was the time, but I guess not. That, that was the code date uh, beer excursion that Jordan went and I went on. That's right. And so you you went through the the beer aisle and took everything that was out of code and stacked it all on a pallet for them. Uh, I made Jordan take me to what was it two or three different places because uh, I couldn't find uh, hoppy beer within a, a code date that uh, I found acceptable for the house. Yeah, don't go beer shopping with Randy. He yeah. checks the <laughs> date on every bottle of beer, always. and they're never they're always expired. Always. So can you imagine like food shopping with Randy? It'd be <laughs> horrible. Terrible. Always go beer shopping with Randy. Always. Thank you. Thank you. Like, you always want to go cigar shopping with this group, because we'll point you in the right direction. Always go beer shopping with Randy. Appreciate it. I will, if you uh, have I'll, a few hours. And yeah, well, you, <laughs> have, you have to you have to allot the time, just like any other uh, other diligent duty. You have to uh, plan for the time. That's it right. is. It's not a quick excursion. Um, <laughs> so let's let's kind of get into the idea. So this was really more of uh, Master Sensei's brainchild, excuse me, <clears throat> as far as, yeah, yeah, Mark Davis, you have to check the dates on the beer, especially if you're going with anything hoppy. And I don't understand the companies that like, don't put a date. They put that weird code that the average person knows nothing about. I don't get it. 
But anyway, uh, we've, I think we've kind of gotten to the point with, uh, with the beer industry where I don't have to move my head cause I got the Drew estate logo, um, <clears throat> is uh, where everybody's kind of understanding that, uh, their, their customer wants fresh beer. So that's a good thing. Um, so the idea behind the show, the 25 and five, which, I mean, again, that was just kind of a, a uh, like an outline of, of what we wanted to do and it, and it rhymes. So it sounds good. Um, <clears throat> is to, to pair a little bit different, kind of off the beaten path of what we normally do. This is the first time, I think, in the history of the show, Randy, where we're not smoking and drinking the same stuff. We're not pairing the same thing. Yeah, it makes me feel a little bit scared and alone. Oh, naked and afraid? <laughs> I, I have a shirt on, which is all that's mandatory for this camera <laughs> angle. So Fair enough. Fair enough. Those are the uh, the Zoom uh, business meeting uh, rules nowadays. <laughs> the neck up, absolutely. So, <clears throat> Eric has been on us to do kind of a uh, maybe a bit of a goofy kind of pairing, and and I think that's what we've trended for here. So I'm I'm going with. I'll just introduce my pairing real quick, Randy, and then you can jump into yours. Uh, I am pairing this lovely Eclipse. Sexy. Uh, that is a yeah, beautiful bottle. Eclipse Stout from 5050 Brewing in Truckee, California, right up near Tahoe. Do you know now, this, what the uh, barrels were? I do. I, I've got all of the details. <laughs> so they've changed their format a bit. But if you look at the at this one, and I'm going to try to make it so you guys can see it. You see where it says BR1 and then 2014? So that means that this was the barrel release of 2014. And you can see on here that wax. And by the way, putting wax on the top of a bottle is just horrendous. You know what you do? Look at what I. I've got a solution I, I, for that. Well, I, I, I beat the hell out of the cap. That's what I do. No, no, no. Check this out. <laughs> you get your lighter and you heat it up. You just melt it off. Yeah, I feel like we did this in Vegas. Yeah, I think we probably did. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. we did. Um, anyway, so I'll get into more of the specifics about the beer here in a little bit. It's a barrel-aged stout. Um, I actually don't know the ABV on this one. Check that. 11.9%. And to go on the economical side, Randy, mm-hmm. I have decided to pair with these lovely machine-made Villiger exports. <laughs> so I'm, I am <laughs> these check in at about 99 cents a pop, give or take. And uh, they're cheaper the more you buy. Huge, huge sellers in Europe, by the way. Uh, Villiger is like one of the leading companies when it comes to premium machine-made cigars, which is actually a category. Uh, So I'm starting with the uh, classic, I believe. And then we will move on to the Maduro. And then we will move on to the Brazil. This actually has a Brazilian Matafina wrapper on it. It's a Brazilian Puro, Randy. Who would have thought and so that's what I'm smoking. Um, they are machine made, pre-cut. Uh, they're wrapped in little uh, like wax paper. They look like uh, little sticks of gum. Uh, Randy, what are you pairing with today? So as you are going with the expensive cigar, no, you're going with the expensive beer and the inexpensive cigar. I am going the other route. And so I will be smoking a Padron Family Reserve 45-year. One of my absolute favorite go-to cigars. It is the Maduro. Absolutely. 
And I will be pairing that with the esteemed and world-renowned Pabst. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Thank the Lord. We finally got PBR on the show. We have had a few guys uh, commenting about how you are drinking that out of a glass. Uh, Of course I am. (laughs) (laughs) Company man. That is awesome. Yes. I don't think that no. beer has ever been put in such a device. <laughs> you you might be right. I, I I think it is. I know there was some some chat about it last week. It probably is more accustomed to having a hole in the bottom of this can by the time it's drank than more. That happens more frequently than it ever touches glass. There's no doubt in my mind. How many of those do you think you're going to drink during this episode? Uh, I am. I would say okay. Let's take some. Let's take some some wagers in the chat. I would say we should put the over under at four. Mm. But you have complete control over how many you drink. <laughs> <laughs> right? He's, He's not just, betting. He's just setting up the rules. Randy, oh, could you right. could okay. you could you please just just chug just shotgun where right, right now just shotgun one and yeah, show let's us. Let's get this party started. Let's get the party started. Let's just see Randy just just nail one of these bad boys. Come on. <laughs> So chug or shotgun? Because I can chug it. That's no problem. All right, let's just do chug. Full screen. I, I, mean, I, I have a device here. How about by the end of the show, I'll, I'll, I'll shotgun the last one. Okay. That, you shotgun the first that, one. You, you know, you slam the first one. You shotgun the last one. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Boom, boom, bam, boom, bam, boom, bam, boom. Go, Randy, go, Randy, go, Randy, go. Yes. For podcast listeners, he did, in fact, drink it. <laughs> yes. It's not the first time Quickly. Randy's chugged That was there. about three seconds. Wouldn't you say? <clears throat> oh yeah, tops. Well, I gotta say, I'm not exactly at my prime for chugging as I uh, went on another show before this show, and unintentionally. And see that that's why it's not totally up to me. I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a man of of habit, and uh, and I ended up drinking three beers on the last show I was oh, on. Geez. Oh my. <laughs> And so, uh, so I'm 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 three pale ales in before I got to pounding that uh, first one. So how did it go? How did it taste, Randy? How did it taste? Just uh, look at his face. <laughs> oh, it was <laughs> on, honestly. Face. That was refreshing. Yes. It's I'm hot, Chris. I, you, you know, any anybody that that follows the show knows I'm historically nervous about being on camera, and so I was a ball of nerves today. So I was. I was hot and sweaty and uncomfortable. That was actually Jeez. one of the more refreshing, like bright, wonderful uh, experiences I've had uh, pounding a beer in a minute. So, um, Rob, if you can take over, I'm going to grab myself another one. Indeed, please do. Uh, so the other show that Randy is referring to is uh, what, what's the name of that show? Frankie Sticks. Drinks. Oh, Randy. Sticks and Sips. It's uh, for, oh. from our uh, the fine folks at Drew Estate. Uh, Randy, the rebirth of cigars, and thank you to Jura State for sponsoring our show. And so, yeah, they've got that. That runs, uh, I guess, they, I think they do that every week, uh, just leading up to ours. So you could watch that, scoot right over and watch us. That's right. <clears throat> it works out pretty well. Um, but uh, I, I, I tuned in because I know Randy gets, he does get a little bit nervous when he's on camera and I'm not there to keep him comfortable, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, Eric and I were, were commenting. He's like, oh, yeah. Our, our little boy's all grossed up. <laughs> yeah. He's grossed up, and he's grossed up, and he's grossed up. Grossed up. <laughs> um, how so many, it's, how many yeah, beers has Robbie had? That was, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, that was actually, I was 
Somebody tell me the movie I was quoting. Somebody will know that. Oh, okay. I've had this much. Uh, and that's a double IPA, so I've had about, you know, just a fair amount. That's not too bad. With uh, uh, PBR, guys, how far past the, the uh, expiration date will you let these things go? Well, see, PBR, being uh, an American light lager, actually has a code life of at least 180 days. It probably is a beer that you could drink a year after being packaged, and you probably wouldn't notice much of a difference as long as it's maintained some level of uh, temperature and consistency in its storage. And as long as the mountains are blue. That's the uh, wrong beer. <laughs> hey, hey, Randy, can I ask you a beer question? But of course. Um, so I don't know if you saw the show Lost, right? But there's an episode in the show Lost where they find this old van with old beers, cans of beer from 1974. And obviously they're stuck on an island. So to them, this just seems amazing. So they, they drink it. Now, be honest. What, what happens to beer in a can over, you know, 30 years or so? Like, would it, is it going to taste that dramatically different? What's it going to taste like? Yeah, I mean, depending on the style, your the hops are uh, going to fall out, and so uh, you, whatever hoppy character might have been there when it was fresh would be virtually unrecognizable thirty <laughs> years later. Uh, if even the smallest amount of oxygen was in there, you would get a very uh, wet cardboard or papery character from the oxidation, and generally the the malt flavor would become what we call flabby. Uh, you know, it loses that bright, sharp, nice character. Would it be bad and for you? No. No, okay. it can never okay. be bad for you. All right, cool. That's all I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, uh, because of the alcohol and the um, antiseptic qualities of hops, uh, uh, beer is, because of the pH um, and alcohol, it, it uh, could never have a pathogen live in it at all. So it's, uh, you know, there was a, an old pirate term that uh, a pint a day keeps scurvy away. And so it, it actually, in some periods of history, uh, was uh, preferred beverage to water. Hmm. Because water, actually, bacteria could live in. Beer was and, safe. And, and you could get <laughs> sick drinking the water. Uh, beer, you were always going to be good. All right, well, that's good to know. If I'm ever stuck on an island... Beer is safe. Yeah, even 30-year-old beer. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. It might not, it's not going to taste good, but you could consume it. But it, it might taste great to you in that situation, yeah. Robbie. That's fair. That, that is a fair point. That's not flabby. <laughs> became flabby after 25 years. Nicely done. Nicely done. Um, so, Randy, do you want to – should I go into my pairing first? Do you want to go into yours? I need to switch cigars here so far because I'm on this classic. I need to move forward. So maybe I'll jump in and start talking about uh, – You've what, already smoked the first one? Well, I've, I've, I've got about this far into it, which is huh. I guess about, about this much. I'm about halfway in, and uh, that means I'm ready for the next one. What, what exactly is the Vitola uh, of that cigar? <laughs> Glad you asked. The uh, the Vitola is uh, nondescript. We're going to go, with, uh, <laughs> depending on where you look, it's a Cigarillo, it's, you know, whatever. It is, it's actually box-pressed. They are 4 by 37 box-pressed. So here, I'll show you so you guys can see. <clears throat> it's like a half-lancero, basically. Um, yeah, give or take. So it's, yeah, I mean, 
four inches, 37. So it's, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess a half lens zero is, is fair weight. Ish. It's got yeah, the uh, room 101 tissue treatment on it. <laughs> it's got, it nice. does have the, it does have the tissue. Excuse me. Um, so these Villiger exports. So I'm smoking the classic right now. That's this one here, and I still to this day don't know how these ended up in my humidor. But the uh, the classic, it, this has a Sumatra wrapper on it, and it, it checks in as mild. They all check in as mild, um, depending again where you find your information from. According to the uh, the Villiger North America website here, these come from Switzerland because that's where the company is based. the The filler in this is Brazil, Nicaragua, Dominican, Indonesia, and Italy. Wow, what? <laughs> that's the that is they've got the whole shabam in there. <laughs> the gamut. It's like yeah, it looks like chewing gum. Exactly, it looks like a pack of gum. Like, I feel like, oh. sorry, can't really see with the lighting, but I feel like I'm going to unwrap this and just gnaw on a piece of, uh, a, a piece of, uh, double bubble or something. Uh, the wrapper on this comes from Nicaragua. It's a Sumatra wrapper. I don't know why they say Nicaragua here. Uh, mild, smooth, and satisfying. That sounds delicious. They come in five packs and 50 count boxes. So next I'm going to move on to, uh, the Maduro which is also comes from Switzerland, also features, guys, Brazil, Nicaragua, Dominican, Indonesian, and Italian tobaccos in the filler. Now, here it says the wrapper is Mexican, but if you scroll up on the website, it says that the Maduro has an Araparaca wrapper, and that's Brazilian. So, I don't know. It's got Brazilian Araparaca on the wrapper. Um... And the Brazil version, which is going to be the last one that I smoke, <clears throat> all checking in at the same size, uh, is referenced as a Brazilian Puro um, with a Matafina wrapper, surprisingly. Um, but down here in the description, it says it's got Brazil, Nicaragua, Dominican, Indonesian, and Italy. So I don't know um, what the story is on the filler of these things. But they check in at about 99 cents, and we can, I mean, we're kind of scoffing at it, and I don't mean to, I'm not making light of it, but these things, this is the basis of this company. I mean, this is, Villiger is, they call these um, premium machine-made cigars, and because they're using, <clears throat> they are using premium tobacco, whether it's, you know, short filler or whatever it is, but it, it is premium tobacco from the premium growing regions, and these things carry this company through Europe. These are huge, huge sellers. I mean, you could walk down the street and tap one guy on the shoulder, and chances are he's got one of these in his pocket. I mean, these things are, they really, really move. Now, we all know Villiger from more from the uh, premium handmade side here in the U.S., which they've been in the U.S. since 1999 is when they started uh, Villiger Cigars in North America. Uh, And there's a handful of different blends that they do that we've seen. um, The Tobajara is an interesting cigar. It's actually a Brazilian Puro. But if you go check out their website, villagercigars.com, you can see some of the different things that they've got. And we've uh, smoked a handful of these things over the years. And their cigars are pretty good. Uh, I've run into a few that I really enjoy. That Tobajara, I think it's how you say it, Tobajara, T-O-B-A-J-A-R-A. It's uh, 100% Brazilian tobacco, so it's got kind of a unique sweetness to it. It's it's an interesting stick. Um, But that's a little bit of the background on this particular cigar. The company has been around, dude, forever. 1888 is when they started. So a whole bunch of stuff has happened between, uh, Randy, that is 101 years 
before the A's swept the Giants in the World Series. That was Ooh. that was that was right out there for you, and you didn't take it. I'm disappointed. I'm five beers in, bro. You guys, <laughs> bear, bear with me today. <laughs> but I think in, it's also a hundred years before the Dodgers swept the A's in the World Series. Was that '88? I don't recall that happening uh, at all. Kurt Gibson, he's your favorite player, right? <laughs> Patrick, we love you. A- anyway, you can. Uh, so, so these are these cigars. It's. I mean, they are what they are. They're they're simple, machine made smokes. You can uh, fire them up and get through them in about fifteen minutes. No, I don't want to share my background with you. Um, <clears throat> but uh, this first one, I can tell you, is getting completely and utterly destroyed by this beer. Like I can't taste much of anything, which is why, Randy, I'm going to move on to. One of these lovely Maduros, and yes, the the wrap, the plas- or the uh, wax paper is color coded. Nice. Yeah. So I'm gonna go uh, fire this up. Why don't you tell us a bit about the uh, cigar? What, what's the company again? Pe- Pedron. Uh, Pedro. Uh, let me see. Um, Padron. That's right. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Padron. Um, is a cigar factory in Nicaragua, and uh, they are now. See, th- this one's interesting. I gotta ask. I don't know if I have Eric's permission to ask this question, but uh, P- Padron, from everything I've read from their uh, materials, claim that they make exclusively Nicaraguan puros. Puro. And so it's- my understanding is that this. Padron Maduro is a Nicaraguan uh, wrapped, uh, binded, and filled cigar. Is it, can you guys confirm or deny that uh, claim? Uh, no hablo espanol. <laughs> this that gets us into trouble when like I'm classifying stuff on like Cigar Wars. Yeah. Because I I eventually I just have to classify it the way they, you know, I have to take them at their word. I have to classify it as a Nicaraguan puro. <laughs> So there's some conversation um, as uh, Padron being w- one of the uh, uh, elite and exclusive brands in the premium cigar segment, um, they they do maintain a, a certain proprietary um, uh, confidentiality with with their blends and what what they're, what they're using here. But they do present this as a Nicaraguan puro. Um, the the family reserve series uh as uh, as many people know that uh, this is their these this is like their anniversary series each one of the um each one of these has uh, a certain indication of you know whether it be the 45 year the 40 year the 90 year uh, each one of those is uh in celebration of some other milestone in their family and and company's history um, each one is a, is a unique Vitola and, uh, 45 just happens to be my favorite one. And, uh, that's what I'm smoking. Now, do you want to tell the guys what, uh, wrapper it is alleged to have? Uh, I have heard, uh, some vicious, vicious conspiracy theories and rumors that they Facebook's s- going to take this video down right away. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they they secretly use uh, uh, Mexican San Andreas wrapper as, uh, for uh, all their Maduros. No, and uh, the naturals. Hi-oh! They're just color-sorted. 
Well, see that that is part of what they say though is that they 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 don't put the tobacco through the Maduro fermentation process. Uh, for anybody that's uh, bothered to look up what a Maduro truly is, uh, it, it mostly gets um, just classified as another color uh, shade. But uh, the proper Maduro fermentation is actually uh, a higher temperature um, process that uh, can only be applied to certain uh, leaves, which is kind of interesting. You know, you, you'll never see a, a, a true Connecticut Maduro because the, the leaves are much thinner and uh, the higher temperature and longer times in the pilones uh, will, uh, from what I understand, literally disintegrate the leaf. And that's why you see the Connecticut broadleaf, the San Andreas um, uh, from Mexico, and, and other wrapper tobaccos are a much thicker leaf, uh, much hardier, and can actually stand up to that uh, higher temperature and longer fermentation process that develops um, m more color as well as uh, it converts more of the um, essential components of the leaf into into sugars so that was one of the funny uh, real interesting things as i was learning about cigars okay. is that so many people look at um look at these and think that they're going to be stronger and, and 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 uh harder to smoke but they're actually have a sweeter character uh to them than uh, a natural or a shade grown uh tobacco so that's what i know about it but who knows? I'm I'm about to finish this fifth PBR. <laughs> Is the over under still four, or when you slam that first one, did it get up to five? It was, it was four and a half. Yeah, yeah. There, there's got to be a half. Oh, there, there does. Something. You're right. It's usually yeah. it. oh, gotta, good point. I'm taking the over. Regardless, I, I'm I'm going to drink at my natural pace, I'm and where, the under. where we where we end up, we end up. But you still are going to shotgun one at the end, right? Um. Oh. Already, I'm feeling queasy just thinking about. It. But yeah, hell yeah, Randy. So, the over is good. What do you yeah. think about the up and coming PBR uh, contender in Montucky Cold Snack? It's kind of uh, giving it a run for its money in the uh, hipster crowd. Well, it's funny that you should mention that, uh, Jordan, because I've never heard of that. <laughs> what? It's well, the beer with the horse on the. Oh, you were the expert. Yeah, I, I'm un, un, unaware of, of this brand that you speak of. It sounds like you're just trying to throw some love back at the Pennsylvania uh, that, that, that you guys blended. So I'm sure that's what you're hunting for. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, but but uh, Paps Blue Ribbon, uh, should I just talk about the beer now? Because that was just an yes, odd segment. I, I feel like you should get everything that you need to say in this episode out in the next five minutes. Agreed. Agreed. So uh, Pat's Blue Ribbon is an American light lager. Uh, this style in, in general is known to be uh, very light bodied, very highly carbonated. It should have a, a grainy sweetness to it. Pardon me. Uh, you will often pick up a, a certain corn like uh, presence as they do use adjuncts to get to the astounding 4.74 ABV. Um, and, you know, these, these beers are meant to be drank uh, at a cold temperature. It's a, you know, I, yeah, I, 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 I often refer to this type of style as um, 
as an alcohol delivery system. But honestly, tasting this right now, you really do get a, a, a nice sweet malty character. You, you definitely can pick up the Pilsner malt. Um, it's a grossly underrated beer, to be, in my opinion. You Thank know, it's you. it. It's so often overlooked as, as we talk so much about IPAs and porters and stouts and these very full-bodied, full-flavored uh, beers. This really does have a very nice, nuanced, uh, subtle characteristic that that brings that graininess out, which uh, a grainy character, you know, you know uh, as, as I always say, you know, beer as we know is, is a, uh, a cereal grain-based beverage. And, and you very much get that almost like cornflake kind of a uh, flavor to it which which i find to be a very pleasant flavor um and is very well suited for for a hot day and it, you know to your point jordan about the kind of hipster um support behind it it's one of those beers that like well a lot of the big macro brewed american lagers are often kind of poo-pooed by your uh you know your wax mustached big bearded uh beer oh. geek uh you know, there, there's a few brands that uh, are are beloved by that same crowd. You know, PBR, I would say, is the number one um, beer of, you know, the craft beer drinker that, that typically drinks, you know, 90% of their beer is going to be uh, Imperial Barrel Age Stouts and IPAs. Uh, I think most people can comfortably say, yeah, I very much enjoy a PBR here and there. Hams is another one that, that uh, I feel like gets a lot of love from the craft beer industry where, you, you know, we thumb our noses at, at the Coors Lights and Bud Lights of the world. Um, for some reason, you know, Pabst and and, uh, and brands of the like uh, continue to be beloved. And, and honestly, Pabst is a, a great American brewing story. Um, you know, I'm going to even be able to trump Robbie Raz on this one is, you know, he's bringing the Villiers from 1888. Well, Paps Brewing Company started in 1844. So take that. Uh, that should have been uh, the theme of the show. Was, that, they, just, <laughs> they started just before the 49ers. Now, the, uh, I've been told there actually is a good reason why Paps is the beer of hipsters. Um, there is. It had something to do with their marketing guy, you know, intentionally caused this all. There is. I, I, didn't he? Didn't he like? Uh, I don't want to jump on you, Robbie. But didn't he have? Didn't he have something to do with like identifying like an area or a bar or two that had hipsters in it? I, do you know that story, Robbie? There is. There's actually a book, and I have it. It's on my to-do list. It's the book is called Fizz. F I Z Z. It's. I just looked it up just to make sure I wasn't you know misleading. Um, it's uh, harness the power of word of mouth marketing to drive brand mm. growth. And, um, so this is, this is a, they talk about the, the, the guy who wrote it is, uh, Ted Wright. And it's, um, so you, uh, along the way, I'm uh, just prefacing along the way, you'll find out how Wright used the same, same methods to breathe new life into what was a once tired old brand of Pabst blue ribbon. So they basically used word of mouth marketing and target, I'm sure they targeted bars and targeted areas and had people go in there and just kind of uh, say, hey, this is, a, you know, order paps and keep pushing it. Uh, I haven't read the book. <clears throat> it is uh, on my nightstand. It's, I've got two other books to get to before I get to it, but it's on the list. But um, there, it's not just, uh, it, it didn't just happen by accident. Yeah, no, and, you know, working at a distributor that I did for uh, so many years, we carried Paps Blue Ribbon as a, 
uh, or the Paps family of brands um, as our as a part of our portfolio, and that maintains their marketing strategy today. They very much uh, target not only dive bars but craft beer bars uh-huh. to say, you know, this is a reasonable uh, kind of reprieve from you know you, you've got a full uh, menu of all these high end and high ABV craft beers. Paps is a great option for uh, those that either just need a, a break on their palate. Uh, in between IPAs or for, you know, the customer that walks in that hasn't refined their palate and, and learned to appreciate some of those uh, stronger characteristics of bitterness and, and or, you know, roasted malts. So uh, yeah, they, they they still do strong with that marketing approach today. Uh, but Paps did not start as Paps Brewing Company in 1844. It was originally called Best Brewing Company. Uh, owned by a man with the last name Best, and uh, a That's German a tough name to live up to, huh? Yeah, right. Um, but there, a German immigrant young man came over named Frederick Pabst when he was 12 years old to America, got himself a job on the docks, and met the daughter of Mr. Pa- of Mr. Best, and uh, married her, and was given an opportunity as the son-in-law of the owner of this brewery uh, that was started in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, to be a brewmaster in 1862. Wow, I'm actually doing this off the top of my head. I'm kind of surprised. Um, and <laughs> so in uh, 1868, a mere six years later, uh, the fa- his father-in-law retired, headed back to Germany, and uh, by 1890... Frederick Pabst changed the name of the brewery to uh, to Pabst Brewing Company as we know it today, and the the beer itself originally was called Best Select, and once Fr- Frederick Pabst changed the company name to uh, to Pabst Brewing Company, he changed it to Pabst Select. In 1892, they claim to have won a gold medal, a blue ribbon, actually, at the World Columbian Expo. Uh, this has been refuted uh, through the Whoa. years as uh, there, there, there's Conflict. also been yes, there, there's also been claims that this fair, <clears throat> while they named a winner, refused to give um, ribbons out. So, uh, as I understand it, they felt like they won, and that made them a blue ribbon winner and they started tying blue ribbons around the bottle of Paps Select and for 13 years they maintained this um, this marketing trend where a physical ribbon was wrapped around the, the neck of each bottle and it, so it was kind of an organic growth that people would go in and they'd uh, order the blue ribbon beer huh. uh, and, and that's how it became known and as that, uh, again, took on kind of an organic uh, trend of its own, Paps saw the opportunity to rebrand. And uh, it was at that point in time in 18-something or another, they actually uh, just <laughs> <laughs> rebranded it to Paps Blue Ribbon Beer, uh, which we know today. Uh, another thing that's very interesting is Shortly after uh, Frederick Paps took over the brewery, in 1871, there was massive uh, Chicago fire. 
that burned down 19 of his local competitors. And perhaps just by happenstance of not being burned down, ended up being the last brewery standing in the area. And they surged to a massive 18 million barrels of production a year, making uh, yeah, making Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the <laughs> the, <laughs> the highest producing uh, city in America, based solely on the volume sales of uh, of Pabst Blue Ribbon. Uh, today, they have um, obviously there's a lot more breweries available, and they've lost a lot of that share. Thanks a lot for that, guys. And um, <laughs> no, this is interesting, that, though. I've never heard any of this. So. Yeah, and, and now now they produce less than a million barrels a year. But just for context, for for everyone listening, you know, uh, uh, the brewery that I work for, uh, we are the 20, 21st Amendment Brewing Company, is the 29th largest craft brewery in the country, and we sell just over a hundred and ten thousand barrels a year. So to say that they've dropped below a million barrels is still it's a hell still, of a lot of barrels. It's a hell of a lot of barrels, and so uh, so they're 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 still obviously a major player in uh, in, in the uh, in the light lager uh, category and, and what we would call in the below premium uh, category of beer. And uh, again, it's it's got this great cornflake character. That just makes it refreshing and very, very <laughs> quenching after this rich and fabulous spicy cigar. Randy's it's, hammered. It is quaffable. That is fantastic. <laughs> is that number two? There it is. Is that two? That, that is two. Those two. Uh, we're way behind. So, hey, no, uh, no, we're way behind. Are. Robbie, uh, Randy, I've got uh, a rapid fire for you guys. You ready? Rapid fire. Lay it on me. I'll take care of it. Okay, so I'm going to give you three. Um, Taglines from cheap beer, and you okay. tell me what beer it is. Okay, Randy, let me do this. All right, you let's, probably know the answers better than I do, but let me try. And by the way, I'm just this is off the top of my head. So, um, all right, let's start with the beer that made Milwaukee famous. Schlitz. Uh, Milwaukee's best. Uh, isn't it old Milwaukee? I thought that was old. I don't know. I, do, <laughs> I thought I'm, you knew sorry. the answers to these. I thought it was old Milwaukee. I could be wrong. Schlitz has uh, like three. Jordan, don't don't say the Schlitz one because oh, I was going to say that. Okay, one. okay. All right, this one's easy. This one's easy one, Robbie. Uh, the champagne of beers. Oh, that's the uh, that's the high life. Ugh. No, you don't like it, huh? No, no, I I know. <laughs> okay, and th- this is a I good... was 16 years old. You could buy a, a 32 ouncer for two bucks. Uh, we had we had to shoulder tap them, but uh, but that was that was my go-to when in high school. This is a, this is a tough one, and I, but I love I love this tagline. This is the best tagline of any cheap beer ever in the world. All right, ready? Just a kiss of the hops. You guys know that one? Just a kiss of the hops. Just a kiss of the hops. <clears throat> Isn't that Bush. great? Now, Randy? No idea. Jordan? Schlitz. Schlitz. Ah, oh, damn it. Just a so kiss, was, just a kiss of the hops. But they have like three catchphrases, I and I think one of them is the beer that made Milwaukee famous. And then that's why we always say Schlitz, the beer that has... Three taglines. Oh, that could or, be. I don't know, something like that. Oops, so it, I was Matt, been right. Matt, Matt, uh, Matt verified that. So, all right. Anyways, 
You have another one? Or is that it? No, that was it. But but we should. Uh, there should be more of those nowadays. Why don't we do that anymore? I love that. How about Triple Hops Brewed? Mm. You know that one, Rob? Uh, triple Hops Brewed? No. Miller Genuine Draft. Really? Oh, oh, terrible. Triple Hops Brewed. <clears throat> we used to make jokes that it was uh, Triple Hops Brewed because they threw actually three hop cones into it. <laughs> 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 All right. So I've got my rapid fire question for everybody, and Ooh. everybody's going to get it right because okay. it's a personal question. Ooh. Uh, we'll start with Jordan. And I know your dad's sitting right there. First beer you had and where you got it. Ooh. And how old you were. Probably. Maybe not how old. Let's I, just stick with the first beer you had where you got it. I don't remember it. Probably because I was just drinking beer since I was a baby. No. Um, I, I, it's probably uh, Miller High Life for my dad. I was, uh, I was, 15, I was hoping for so much. Money. At age 21, obviously. Indeed. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Eric, what about you? There's a picture of me on Facebook that you can find, and I'm like two years old, and I'm sitting on the kitchen, and I'm drinking a Schlitz. I'm, mm-hmm. That's a, honest to God truth. I've seen it. Yeah. There's, I've got a picture of me sitting on my dad's. I mean, we, we grew up in, well, some of us kind of grew up in the 70s. And like, this is like, this was like a, a rite of passage photo for every father in the 70s, right? You've got your baby sitting on your lap and you're drinking. Uh, like, there's a picture of me. And I, I want to say it's a little bottle that almost looked like a, a, uh, like a red stripe bottle, you know, the kind of short squat ones. Mm, yeah. But it was lucky something or other, and I was—I had both hands on it, and I was drinking it, and I was in diapers. I don't remember that. That was not my first. <laughs> that's, that was my first beer, but not the first one I remember. The first I remember drinking was um, out of my best friend's neighbor's garage. I don't know if the neighbor were home or not, and we—it uh, was a warm Olympia. Oof. Mm, there, there's another hipster. Yeah. Beloved. Arte- Arte- uh, wasn't that like brewed with artesian water? Wasn't that like their thing? Olymp- I hope so. Olympia. That terrible. was Arte- yeah, artesian yeah. water. It's from uh, probably from Washington, right? What about you, uh, Randy? What was your first? Uh, my first beer I ever had was a Mississippi Mud. Wow. I don't know if you guys remember. Black and tan, huh? Yeah, it was the black and tan in like a ceramic, like a jug, jug mm. with three X's on the front, kind the of jug. Now, yeah, yeah, man, we we, I mean, had to muscle our way through those things <laughs> when I was a kid. Like, like that was, I was a heavy duty first beer. I'll tell you what, I think yeah, I was fourteen. I have not had a black and tan in a minute. I used to like those though. <clears throat> if you do it with uh, Guinness and what is it, Guinness and Bass. Yeah, yeah, that's the classic. We, I, I, the first brewery I ever worked at, we, we did uh, the Snake Bites, which mm. was the the Guinness with uh, cider. Yeah, I, my wife likes those. She doesn't not with. It's usually not with Guinness. Uh, it's with a lighter, a lighter like a pale ale kind of. Uh, I think she's done it with Bass, but uh, same kind of idea. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna move on to the uh, the Brazil version. So I, I'll report back. Uh, on these a little bit. The classic export with the Sumatra wrapper. Um, I couldn't taste it much because the beer really ran over it. Let's just put it that way. The Maduro had a lot more flavor. I don't know if that was a good thing. 
And now we're moving <laughs> on. Now we're, God, I'm, I'm never, I'm never mean like this. Now we're moving on to the spearmint That's um, what I was about. flavor. <laughs> no, it just, it does look like a pack of gum, but uh, I'm moving on to the Brazil, which I'm actually, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by the Brazil because it does have that Matafina wrapper on it. So I'm curious, this should give you a bit of an idea of how much I enjoyed them. Mm. I, oh. I smoked a lot more of the Maduro than I did of the classic. Robbie, I think we got those at uh, either, either the PCA or PCBR because I found a uh, little bundle of those in my humidor too. You, you know where we got them was TPE. TPE, yes. That makes the most sense because uh, this is the type of of, uh, of cigar that they would that you would push at TPE. Like uh, even Tatuaje was uh, pushing their um, the, the five packs. No, the, the, fi- the five packs of the Tillier stuff and mm. uh, cracker crumbs, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I'm going to fire this up. Actually, I'll do that after. Randy, talk about something for, whoa, maybe not. Uh, Eric, talk about something for uh, for 30 <laughs> seconds while I light the cigar, and then I'll get into the details of my beer. Randy, we're only at, yeah, we're, we're only at, two, we're only at two beers. AKA five. I think we could at least... <laughs> We could, at least, we could at least slam another one at this point. All right. All right. No, uh, Come on. That's not there we what go. Needs to do, right? There we oh, go. Geez. There we yes. go. See, Rand- oh, this man. show's going to get weird. <laughs> I, I, I feel like the camp counselor right now. That's uh, Rob, you haven't talked to... much about the uh, beer. How's that? No, I'm, I'm going to get into it here in a second. Right. I wanted to get my Maduro lit. Um, tell us about what you guys are smoking again. Oh man, I this I gotta say right now, right now this uh, no. this Dom Pepin Garcia 15th anniversary is really treating me nicely. I've, I'm pairing it with my factory smoke, and I gotta say the factory smoke isn't bad. It just gets run over in comparison. Mm-hmm. But that's to be understood. This is two dollars. This is twenty dollars. So, I mean, do you think come on. the Pepin's gotten better? I was this better? close to doing. The factory smoke. Which one are you smoking? The Maduro. I, I'm smoking the Maduro. Yeah, it's, it's not terrible. It really isn't. Uh, do you think the Pepin's gotten better with age? I think when we reviewed it, it was it, only like it, an 88 or 89. It has gotten much better with age. This really, it age really helped. This yeah, that one came in a coffin. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, here it is. I'll show you. Yeah, it's got this. It's got this guy. Yeah, right. I think I've got one. Age, age helped immensely, Jordan. Hmm. What, what about you, Jordan? Uh, the Davidoff's really good, but I must have kept it a little, a little too dry. It's a little, it's a little on the dry side, but uh, it's medium full intensity. Um, real nice flavors, like kind of pastries and cinnamon. A um, little chocolate in there. It's real nice, and the punch is surprisingly good too. I know a lot of people were fans of this one. The uh, a couple weeks ago, I reviewed the Chop Suey, the sequel to this, and it was terrible. But this original spring roll is actually pretty good. It's kind of reminds me of like the um, Alec Bradley uh, Project Forty uh, has Ooh. like a sugary sweetness to it. It's pretty good. <clears throat> Another cigar I thought about going with for my five dollar smoke. Randy, you look like you have something you want to say. Uh, well, is the spring roll Eric? Do I remember this correctly? Isn't there a backstory that connects to Dojo? Well, there is, uh, actually. Okay. Um, <laughs> He's like, yeah, I wasn't really trying to talk about it. <laughs> so, now wait, is that is that the egg roll or the spring roll? Did they, oh, did they call it the egg roll? All right, so here's the here's why we're confused. So we were making, That's it. We were making the bonsai at the time, the Agonor's Relief bonsai. 
And we were going to call it the spring roll, and it was going to come out in the spring. And I was literally putting in the order for the, for the bands and the labels on the packages, and I get a press release in the, in, on my email that says, uh, Punch is okay. releasing the egg roll. Okay, so egg roll, spring roll, they're different. But I look at their marketing, it's like exactly what we were doing. And so even though one was egg roll, one was spring roll, I could have still done it. I didn't want anybody to even think that, even just mistakenly think that, that we were copying them, even though we weren't. And so we stopped production on all the graphics, and then we turned it into to Bonsai. So that is the backstory. Which on worked that. out. In our favor, and I'm really glad that, that we did. It Bonsai was perfect. Yeah, I always thought that was such a funny story, just because there, there's so much conversation about a uh, trademark laws and everything, and, and the similarities sometimes in cigar releases. That the story ends up being literally the day you were putting in to do that, they yes. announce it. Yeah. I mean, what are the chances of that? It's so crazy wild. that that. I mean, that's not the first time that something like that's happened to us. But that that example was really bizarre, just because of the way and the way that everything that they did. And I'm not accusing them of copying us, because I I don't think they did. It was just sheer coincidence. Sheer coincidence. I, I, Eric, have you ever thought that there might be a mole in the dojo? It's Randy. Well, I was gonna say Matt Hall, if anybody. <laughs> <laughs> there's, I, I, this feels like there's. You got to smoke them out, smoke out the mole, and. Uh, are, was, are, are, am I wrong, or is there gonna be prizes on this show? Was that something? Oh, so uh, you'd like to? <laughs> and speaking of that, word, I would. I would uh, do you guys have the graphic? Yes, queued up. We, got a, we okay. got a good graphic. Right. I don't think you All put right, it so in this, there. I, all right, so while, while you guys work on that, let me let me make a, a little announcement. Um, uh, we, it was a little bit glossed over. We are brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars, and we are thrilled with the partnership with Drew Estate. It's uh, a favorite of many of ours. Uh, everyone knows the story how when Eric got his first chance to ever make a collaborative cigar with Dojo, the first name came out of his mouth was Drew Estate. We're thrilled with this partnership. Um, uh, a new wrinkle of that popped up today as uh, I got invited to uh, do a cross-promotion uh, on their show. And uh, Hoya de Nicaragua, which has uh, an amazing 13-year um, partnership with Drew Estate, as Drew Estate is their United States distribution uh, network. Uh, Hoya de Nicaragua is putting a... Uh, a giveaway unannounced today here on Flavor Odyssey. And something else we, we forgot to mention, guys. If you're watching this show right now on Facebook Live, please hit that share button. Uh, we always appreciate it. We love getting the word out and introducing new people to the show. But today especially, we are going to choose three random winners out of everybody that shares the show to win one of three pretty exceptional Hoya de Nicaragua prizes sponsored by Drew Estate. And uh, I don't know if that was enough time to buy you guys to show the fantastic graphics that we have. I, I, believe, I believe we have a composite sketch of <laughs> the uh, of the giveaway in in hand. So, so I'm going to say that I think the top left 
looks to be a bag of some sort. It could potentially be a travel humidor. I'm not exactly sure. Purse. Maybe it's a Hoya purse. It could be a purse. Yeah. Merce. It's a Merce. <laughs> and purse. And then yeah. I, on the on the right, that looks like a Hoya hat. Now, I can testify that Hoya makes some fantastic hats. Yeah, now, this one on the bottom, I thought... Is that uh, when Randy, equipment or something? Is it a, I is thought it a cutter? It was, I thought it was a baby pacifier. <laughs> <laughs> it looks exactly because like that. Randy just has baby on the mind with uh, little Andre kind of running around chewing on everything. But I believe, Randy, that's probably a cutter, yeah? Uh, well, you know, I, I could see that being a Zycar uh, XO maybe, but... Um, I am positive. Let's just say that, cutter. Let's not get too specific. Well, well, <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what the heck that is. I am, I am sure. You know what? I actually think the top left, the the purse looking uh, graphic, I believe is actually a Hoya de Nicaragua uh, ashtray, and it's one of these fabulous numbers. If if we can get some uh, some love over here, uh, I'm sure everyone's aware. The artist, the artist rendering is terrible. If that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we say who who drew these? Uh, this this was uh, brought to you by our dear and, and valued friend Jack Heyer, uh, who had promised to get us some graphics of the giveaways today, um, and had a miscommunication <laughs> with his uh, creative department, and he had to kind of freelance and. Um, Apparently, this is the scope of Jack's <laughs> graphic abilities to pr provide us a conceptual sketch, I guess you might say. Composite. This is why they hired sketch. him, you know. <laughs> right, this right. Is, clear. Doesn't make the big bucks for nothing. How, how many people uh, will win? Uh, so we have three winners. Uh, we will choose them from the uh, shares of the show off the Cigar Dojo Facebook feed. Uh, it is Wednesday today, not Friday. You are watching Flavor Odyssey. And, uh, <laughs> we're going to choose three winners out, out of uh, the folks that share this sh the show. And, you know, don't let those composite sketches fool you. These are top of the line, high end uh, uh, merchandise prizes brought to you by Drew Estate and Hoya de Nicaragua Cigars. Well done, that, Randy. That is fantastic. <laughs> I once you said that it's not Friday, it is. It is indeed Wednesday. I almost spit a mouthful of Eclipse all over my computer. Would have been uh, a tragedy. Uh, so that's yeah. That's thank you, Randy, for uh, or Eric for remembering that, and Randy for going to, through the rundown. Yeah, do those. Uh, go ahead and uh, just share the episode, and that way we will be able to uh, pick three winners. I think that's that's awesome. Hoya, we, we've talked about Hoya. We talked about Hoya last week. That's right. They've been just on fire, man, with some of these releases over the last few years. All the way from the silver on up to the uh, numero uno and everything in between has just been nails coming out of out of Hoya. And if you haven't had a chance to uh, thank God Jack did tattoo, that's fantastic. If you haven't had a chance to... Uh, to chat with Juan Martinez from uh, Hoya or watch an interview with him. Mm. He is one of the nicest guys Agreed. in the industry. Super genuine dude. Um, it's That's a company that when you once you get to know them a little bit, they're super, super easy to support because they just do – I think they do a lot of things the right way. Uh, one of the first – my first trip ever to uh, Nicaragua was back in 2013. Not 2003. 
not that old, 2013. And uh, we we visited the Hoya factory uh, during that trip. It was a, a, a cigar safari media trip from Drew Estate. And I've been posting some pictures from that recently because it popped up in my Facebook memories. It was, how many years is that? Seven years ago. But uh, that was, I think that was the first time that I met uh, Juan was back then. It was, he's, he's a good dude and they make some really good cigars. So <clears throat> we appreciate them for the giveaways. Absolutely. Uh, and yes, Randy is struggling a little bit. So with that <laughs> note, uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell a little bit about this particular cigar, or I beg your pardon, <laughs> smoke three cigars, this particular <laughs> beer that I'm drinking. And um, it's 11.9%. I'm about halfway through of this. A uh, 22 ounce uh, bottle here. You gonna drink that whole thing so, yourself? Uh, it's trending in that direction, Ooh. Jordan. Uh, I'm not. And you're not showing to, it at all. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna make any promises, but I do believe that uh, that's probably what's gonna happen. Um, so, <clears throat> I gave a little bit of background on this when I did the live the other day, but I'll, I'm gonna go a little bit deeper here. So, this is from 5050 Brewing. Excuse me, they're in Truckee, California. Been around Truckee's or Truckee, fifty fifty's been around since two thousand seven, and the Eclipse line, as far as I can tell, Randy and you might know better than I do, started in two thousand eight, and this with the Eclipse is a barrel aged Imperial Stout, and I believe in two thousand eight they only did Happy Van Winkle barrels. That's the only thing that I can find for two thousand eight. Um, for this eclipse but since then they've expanded to the point where as i mentioned earlier randy you doing all right <laughs> top of the world brother top of the world um so so the the bottles have gone through some transformations and uh -huh. uh, they've uh, changed again but <clears throat> this wax on the top is kind of the indicator of of uh, the particular beer that you're getting so if we go to 2013 I beg your pardon, 2014, the year that this beer is particularly from. There's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, count them, Randy, 13 different, uh, yeah, it's a lot of, you need to take your shoes off, buddy, 13 different uh, barrels that they age this in. So it's their Imperial Stout, and they age it in these different barrels. So <clears throat> this is the Forest Green label, which indicates, I beg your pardon, Olive Green, uh, indicates that it was a Spanish rum 30-year cask. Okay. Now, I don't know if that means that, yeah, it does say aged in 30-year-old Spanish rum barrels. Yep. So yep. this was one of um, <clears throat> the most expensive variants that particular year. It was 26 bucks <laughs> for a bottle, um, along with the Masterpiece Eclipse, which was, um, it had a pinkish red, uh, I don't know, what uh, the wax, but I don't know what it was aged in. Uh, and this was, you can only get this as part of their futures program. So they do, they have a big release party every year. And it's, um, it's a whole big uh, to do when, when the 5050 eclipse comes out. They've recently last this past year in 2019, the prices were a lot cheaper. They were 1799. Um, oh. when they were up to 35, a few years before that, what are you gonna say, Jordan? Oh, I, I was just surprised, but I hadn't seen them that cheap. Did they change the bottle size, or they just uh, brought the price down? You know, I think the bottles are a little bit smaller. Mm. I think they're the uh, the same size as the. I could be wrong, but I think they're the same size as the Bourbon County bottles, okay. which it's not the twenty two ounce. Maybe it's 
I don't know how many ounces. It's, I'm down with but, that. Like uh, Firestone recently brought down their uh, anniversary ale down to just regular old twelve ounces, and that's I'm cool yeah. with that. I'd They've drink. done that with with all of theirs. I've got a uh, which I was supposed to give to Skip at some point. I've got a uh, a Velvet Merkin, which is their that's a oatmeal stout, right? Randy Barrel Age oatmeal yes. stout. That's correct. Uh, I've got do you know a what a velvet merkin is. I do. I know what a merkin is only because of the Simpsons. Oh, uh, if you I don't, don't maybe don't Google it. <laughs> uh, well, I, if I if I can jump in, I'm I'm a big fan of fifty fifty, and I I've been part of their futures program several times. Um, and so to say, futures program is it's a concept that was uh, uh, established by the wine industry that they would actually. Uh, sell you the beer prior to making it or prior to putting it into the barrels. And so you could get a, a less expensive price than if you waited until they had released it. And it gives them a better understanding of how, how much beer to put into barrels and what the demand is going to be for the year. Sounds and an awful lot like a pre-order. But it a is. Fancy, exactly, but a fancy way to say it. Exactly. Exactly what it is. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, they are... I really do love everybody on this show. I want you guys to know that you guys are like my brothers. Um, but uh, all that being uh, said, we have um, – I lost my train of thought. 5050 was a pioneer in barrel-aging beer in the first place. Uh, back in 2008 when Todd Ashman, their head brewer at the time, uh, started this program and started uh, – uh, making relationships with Pappy Van Winkle, with Heaven Hill, with uh, Four Roses, and acquiring those barrels post-bourbon aging, uh, he was able to acquire those. And back then, it, it wasn't a thing. Today, uh, you see so many bourbon barrel-aged beers because now brokers get involved, and so those barrels get sold to a big brokerage house that then mm – -hmm. Uh, then market them to the beer industry. And so they're a lot more accessible than they used to be. But when this beer came out, when Eclipse was first on the market, it was unheard of to be able to find a Four Roses barrel-aged or a Pappy Van Winkle barrel-aged beer. And so they really did change the nature of it, as you know, anyone that watches this show knows. And we drink a bourbon barrel-aged beer virtually every other week on this show. Uh, they're they're so readily accessible now, uh, so so that's that's definitely a, a nod to fifty fifty and Todd Ashman who who uh, kind of developed that and and put his uh, flag in um, the history of craft beer in general. Yeah, when you look at that first year, I think it was <clears throat> two thousand eight, and maybe there's more that I just can't see here, but the only one I can see is Pappy Van Winkle, and then in two thousand nine it was Elijah Craig barrel aged. Uh, they had a Heaven Hill Rye and Jack Daniels barrel aged. I mean, those are pretty heavy hitters. Oh, three. The, or is that four? In, is that three? What's or four? that? Three or four? Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, Robbie. But that I, was. I count four of these on my table. That, you four. just showed I three. You, I told but... you the Oprah was the way to go. <laughs> <clears throat> nobody, nobody in the comments ever said over under. Guys, come on. Are we gonna do this? Uh, it's, a little, it's a little late now, <laughs> it, but I'll tell you, if you thought for a second that the under on Randy Griggs consuming beer, you, you aren't a fan, you don't know us, you don't watch, and it saddens <laughs> me. 
I didn't know it was I'm, a challenge. He's getting salty I, I, now, Robbie. I want, I want this show to go on on for another two hours <laughs> even though i i'm gonna be honest i kind of have to pee but i really want to keep going you don't think randy has to pee come on bro bro the part part of the being able to drink like like i i do uh means that i can hold my bladder if any anybody out there has ever got a chance to meet robbie raz fabulous guy great guy to travel with he's pretty affable he kind of rolls with the punches but i'll tell you what this guy has the bladder of an 80-year-old woman. <laughs> Every 18 minutes, he's got to use the restroom. It's not necessarily true, but you're pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I uh, you know, I've, I, I like to, uh, to relieve myself when necessary. And um, we could always go. I could go to Randy for, you know, a couple minutes. Yeah, let you. Yeah, it might. Have, <laughs> only if I can, like, re- I have to rewind and watch what happened. Um, <laughs> So the, the particular beer that, uh, that I am drinking is, uh, like I said, that is the 30-year uh, Spanish rum barrels. Now, Randy, we've talked about micro-oxidation and things like that, like how long we can age a beer. And actually, Eric brought it up earlier. Um, <clears throat> pee break and keep rolling. Yes, Steve knows what's up. Um, this beer was, this was bottled in 2014. In late 2014. So it's, I mean, we're kind of, when you talk about a barrel-aged stout, five years is usually kind of the end point, right? Like, you don't want to go much further than that. That's so much of it has to do with the, the alcohol percentage and, you know, the, the overall bottle, bottling quality. Five years is about what we call uh, a cellar beer. You're right. That is kind of a milestone that that, that, that we use. Um, the, the, quite often, they they... It, it won't degradate super rapidly. So as I said, I, I've been part of the 50, 50, uh, futures program several years. And, um, and my personal sense is, and for those that don't know the, the process uh, of barrel aging beer, um, this is a perfect uh, time. I'll be right back. <laughs> uh, he was serious. The, yeah. The, um, it, each barrel is going to be somewhat different. You know, some barrels come to you. Uh, basically, once a barrel completely dries out, uh, the staves shrink. And so they'll start to leak and they n- no longer have the integrity to be able to uh, age any kind of liquid in them as they'll just start leaking like sieves. So you have to get them while they're still wet. And so a lot of times the spirit producer will leave a bit of the juice, if you will, Jordan, uh, in Thank the you. barrel. <laughs> to continue to to maintain that moisture, so the staves stay fully soaked and and and, uh, and closed, and so, but it can range literally from being you know uh, uh, just a little bit of of bourbon still sloshing around to up to two to three gallons of bourbon that's still in this barrel, and so um, in my personal experience with the Eclipse line specifically. A lot of times when those come out, so you know, for if you're part of the futures program, you pay for them in February, and then they age them for eight months, and you can pick them up in November. And it's been my experience that they'll often be uh, very hot and, and overly uh, alcoholic, and and have that uh, that bourbon bite to them, and they really benefit from laying down for a full year. Like when I buy the 2012s, I don't even open the first bottle until a year later and so um which kind of helps out their program as you want to keep buying them 
so that you, you have time to lay them down. You know, it sucks when you have just one case and you're just staring at it in your cellar like I've got behind me here and you got to wait an entire year before you can try one. So uh, so that's it. So I, I would say that I like to lay them down for a year and try and consume them probably within three years. But, uh, you know, again, to, to the uh, to the conversation about barrel aging in general, you know, in, in the spirit world, they call it the devil's share. In wine, they call it the angel's share. But no matter what, because of the porous nature of the oak, uh, you will have a um, you will have an, a, a loss by evaporation. And so the liquid will, will literally seep through the stave and evaporate out into the ambient air. Uh, concentrating the flavors and adding that micro oxidation. So uh, oxygen is uh, the enemy of beer in most cases, but when it's introduced in such a, a slow and controlled way through the the grains of the wood, it actually lends to the complexity that it, it oxidizes very, very slowly and gives a, a sweeter character to the beer inside of it. And, uh, you know, on a side note, <laughs> uh, I, I was on a trip down to, to Mexico for um, I went to tequila on a tequila run, and it, it was really interesting that uh, in at uh, Mundo Cuervo, which is where Jose Cuervo, as well as Centuria and Blue Agave, and several other brands that um, that that are uh, well respected in the tequila world, uh, to minimize the amount of evaporation. They actually have misters throughout the barrel room. And so every 10 minutes, it, just like a, a produce uh, area in a grocery store, those misters go on. And it keeps the staves moist from the outside, keeping them nice and swollen and preventing the, the uh, tequila inside from evaporating. Uh, on the show that I was on right before this, uh, um, Juan Martinez from Hoya de Nicaragua was talking about they do some barrel um, – oh, no, it was the Flor de Caña that, that, that we were uh, pairing with the Hoya de Nicaragua. Uh, Frankie Drinks was saying that uh, Flor de Caña specifically wrap the barrels in uh, palm leaves, and, and that's how they prevent uh, the evaporation uh, at their facility. I think, I think Rob could have done a number two and been <laughs> safe. Easy boys, easy. No number Randy, two. Randy, Randy, um, Stranahan's does the same thing. They mist their barrels. Oh, really? Yeah, in the uh, in the aging. Or in such a dry climate, you gotta. Yeah. Stranahan's makes some pretty good stuff. Do you have any of their? Uh, have you tried any of their? Um... Snowflake. Yeah, the snowflake. I've got one bottle. It's pretty good. They're... I can't remember which year. It I was wouldn't about. call what they do bourbon, <laughs> but you know, it's it's good. What's the difference? It's it's more like whiskey, like. Uh, Bourbon has got this like brown sugary syrupy kind of a. Yeah, theirs has a bit more of an edge. To there's it. more just like whiskey, you know. It's it, theirs has got like uh, kind of an apricot kind of a flavor to it usually. Can I can I ask you a question of uh, Master Sensei? Hmm. Uh, as as the resident uh, self-proclaimed bourbon uh, lover of of the team here, yes. do, do you know what differentiates a bourbon from a whiskey? Well, I think it used to be that it had to be aged a certain amount of time and it had to be made in Kentucky, but now I don't think it that... It still has to be charred new oak barrels. Yeah, new, oak, new oak barrels. Over That's like two the, years the age. only thing now. No, it still has to be over two years age. I know, but now you don't. it doesn't have to be Kentucky anymore. No. 
No, it, has it be, does has to be America, say, though. It has to be new. It has to be new oak. It has to be no less than fifty-one percent corn right. mash, and it has to be. And I forget the exact proof, but it has to be of a pretty narrow window of proof. So whether that be, I think typically that means they have to add a little bit of water to it to bring down the proof before it goes into that new oak, which is very standard. Adding water to free oak, yeah, right. Free oak. Post post oak, it can be whatever it comes out as. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So those are the three stipulations. And, this is a great uh, and, documentary. Well, no, it has, to be, it has to be in America. It, yes. Yeah, yes. Bourbon is a, a, an American-specific. But uh, so it's four. There's, there's a fantastic documentary on bourbon in uh, on Amazon called... Neat? Proof. Oh, Neat. That's it. Neat. Great. There's, a, there's, a, there's one of them is, is Scotch. Scotch? Oh yeah, neat no, it's might, not neat. It's neat might be the Scotch one. Yeah, no, it's it's such a magical uh, like the 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 production is so fantastic. They start uh, and seriously, anyone that watches this show or listens to this podcast knows I get very romantic about flavor in general and, and about like the the essence and origin of of where these flavors are coming from. And that documentary starts like it's probably a droid shot. An um, is that what it's called? A droid? A uh, drone. Drone, that's it. I knew Droid was C-3PO shot it, yeah. Yeah, so C-3PO is <laughs> right. coming, coming down out of the sky. It's a drone shot that's going down onto a farm, and there's a tractor tilling the land, and, and, and it says uh, – and, and they really get into the terroir of the corn. And so they talk so much about how the, the, the flavor variance between one bourbon producer uh, over another – uh, a huge thing that gets so commonly overlooked. You know, we pay attention to the mash bill. We t- pay attention to the aging process. But so much of it actually goes back to the terroir and the agricultural uh, efforts that go into the production of the corn itself. And that that's a major flavor uh, uh, characteristic of bourbon. It's really one of those like great romantic documentaries. I'm a big fan. <laughs> And in that speech, Master Sensei went to the bathroom. So now <laughs> it's time. It's old guys got to pee. There's, it's, there's it's, only it's, two of us left to go, and that's a that's, wrap. That's the subhead of this show. Old guys got to pee. And, <laughs> and and Randy, every time you say corn, I think of foie gras, which is just wrong. Oh, see, okay. Now time out. Oh, don't don't get us started on foie gras. I I have been to a farm and I have watched the feeding. With, uh, literally, yes, they use a funnel to, to force I, I really feed. wasn't. This wasn't He's, my goal. I just. But they literally just <laughs> give a little these, tap these to the bra, chin. lollipop <laughs> things at PCA. They were, oh, they're uh, so the good. They were good. Uh, uh, pate so, is fabulous. Fagra uh, the best. It's like butter, but better. Like butter. Uh, so I've switched. Yes. To the sweet, ever so sweet factory smoke. Maduro? Uh, uh, this is the Maduro, correct? Was that, that a Steve Saka project before he it left? Does... <laughs> no. It, it doesn't look like it's a Maduro in the well done, well played, well played. I just uh, got to take it off the air. But it is. You did. You did. <laughs> Facebook is going to delete this. It had to be done. <laughs> You've deleted it twice already. Um, this is this pairing is much much better. Uh, Brian, always always pee, always, as long as you have a place to do it. 
Um, this is this pairing is much much better. This cigar is actually, and maybe it's just in comparison to what I was smoking. No offense, it's just a different beast. Have you um, smoked a full one of those before? Negative. This is the most. Uh, this is my first ever factory smoke experience. Okay. In my experience, the first half is is surprisingly good. The second half is where you realize that it's a dollar ninety cigar. Yeah, for a buck ninety, if I if I smoke the first half and it's good, and I could just keep smoking the first half over and over yeah. and over again, you mow the lawn. What the heck? Yeah, done with it. You know, can I say that that Jordan, when you reviewed Factory Smoke, it gave a whole new level of legitimacy to Cigar Dojo as a review site. I thought that was an exceptional hmm. uh, uh, approach that, that you took to it, and. No, no. <laughs> Seriously, Rob, like so many review sites aren't going to touch something like that because because they, they, they don't see it. And, and I think it really framed and gave context to the rest of the reviews and the scoring scale as a, as a general whole. Uh, <laughs> Chad, you're going to you're going to get me hurt. <laughs> Randy, I, I love you, buddy. And you're making a good point, but the time for you to make good points is past. <laughs> well, I appreciate I it anyways, Randy. I appreciate no, it. I, I, no, I think you're absolutely right. It's, yeah, um, yeah no, I, I, would, I would agree with everything that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is impressive that that's like a dollar, what is it, dollar ninety, dollar seventy cigar? Yeah, I, th- I think the conversation ended up being that uh, it you really enjoyed the first half of the cigar, and... At the price that it stands at, you could literally, most people could afford to kind of kind of tap it out uh, with with a few inches left and just move on to the next one. Right. Yeah. Now I was not expecting. Now it does say that it is sweet. It says it. Hello, right there on the band. I was not. <laughs> hello. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, I was not expecting this sweetened tip. I didn't realize Wait, that it had that. That might. Are you sure that's the Maduro? Because that can't be the Maduro. There's only one of the no. four that's sweet. Well, it just says sweet. Then I don't know. Yeah, I that's it was that's not the Maduro. Oh, no. then I'm smoking right. the sweet. I thought it was right. the Maduro version. I have this, and then there was a. I had a lighter version that had a yellow line around the outside instead of red. This one has the red. I just assumed it was Maduro. I beg your pardon. There's what four, does it say here? There's four of them. Um, it's the sweet robusto and. <clears throat> Three of the four are basically titled the same as the Undercrown line. So you get, like, the Shade, the Sungrown, the Maduro. And then the fourth one is Sweet. That's what it, it, it does have a sweetened tip. It is, it, it was overwhelming because I was not expecting it. It does say Sweet, so duh. But I didn't realize it was going to be that sweet. But now that it's calmed down a little bit, it's not bad. What if we combined you guys' cigars... The expensive cigar and beer together and the cheap cigar and beer together. I think if you went with PBR and one of these uh, factory smoke sweets, you'd be doing all right for a $2 or $3 pairing. Boom. You'd be doing okay. If you rolled with these Villagers, I'd say go with the Brazil. Um, least offensive is the term that comes to mind. But... Uh, <laughs> They are what they are. They're 99 cent short filler cigars. They the uh, the Brazil actually had a decent amount of flavor to it, <clears throat> a little bit of, and, and a little bit of depth to it as well. Um, but there's not a lot of nuance. I mean, obviously you're not looking for that kind of thing in that type of cigar. Uh, the Brazil was was if, if I had to pick one, I'm smoking the Brazil. You know, all day long compared to the other two. Um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't it wasn't too bad for for a buck. 
I can live with that. Um, I'd much rather spend the extra dollar and a half, which I mean, granted it's two and a half times the price and go with something like this factory smoke because it's just, to me, it's more of what I expect out of a cigar. Yeah. 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 And those are long filler cigars, correct? No. Oh, they're not. Okay. These, I believe, are short fillers, yeah. Okay. It just but it, you got it a, has, you got a pretty good ash going on there, Robbie. Yeah, it's not bad. You know? For yeah. And I mean I, I didn't I didn't bring a cutter out, so I just kinda jacked it up with my thumbnail, but uh, old school style. But it's I mean, it's smoking pretty good. The the draw is is I mean kind of loose. You'd expect that. Um, nothing about this cigar really has surprised me except the fact that it was just super sweet right off the bat. I was not expecting that. Uh, that's why you guys got a text from me right when I got back from the bathroom that said, whoa, super sweet. Uh, <laughs> which might have been weird because you didn't know what I was talking about. Um, but uh, I think Randy's cigar would have paired much better with my beer. Sure. Well, this cigar is fabulous. And my favorite pairing in the world. Well, you know what? I, I've got two more segments in me. Eric, are you going to cut me off or, or do we get two no, more let, segments out of the show? Let's roll. Let's Dinner's ready, but, but go ahead. And, but before you go, I do want to ask the question, which one of you guys got the better end of the deal here? But you don't have to answer that yet. I, I don't think, think, I, I don't I think, think there's any question. There's no question Randy got the better end of the deal. Yeah, yeah. I got to smoke a great cigar with a nice flavor, or nice palate cleanser. Yeah, and five fabulous uh, PBRs, and I'm going in for one more. You know, yes. what, you know what we do here at the studio Six is we, we use the PBR as like, a palate cleanser between, like, I'll have, like, a bourbon, I'll have a cigar, mm. and I'll have a nice beer. But the PBR goes in between each one of those. Excellent. Speaking of bourbon. You're a pro, Jordan, a pro. Speaking of, and it's not bourbon, it's rye, but my wife picked up a bottle of, uh, is it Mitch, Mitchters? Is that how you say Mictors. it? Mictors. Mictors. Yeah. I don't know how to say it. Dang near killed her. Indeed. <laughs> Mictor. That's amazing. Well done. Sorry. Um, they're, uh, the rye, the US-1, or whatever it is, yes. is fantastic. Great. Mictor does who, great who, stuff. Who was it that... that it's uh, amazing. Someone on, on Facebook uh, it kind of inspired you to do that. Who was that? That is... Um, uh, is it Lewis? Lewis, yeah. Lewis, was, from, right? Uh, from a smoking dog out in, uh, in New Jersey. He posted this picture with he had a ton of, of Michter bottle Michters yeah. bottles. Yep. See, I'm a total pro now. And uh, he had like five or six bottles, and then he had five or six bottles of. Oh boy! It was the um, Old Forester, wasn't it? Old Forester, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, several different uh, iterations of that, and uh, I think within I think it was like the next day, my wife texted me from uh, from the store saying, "Hey, there's they've got this that one that you were asking for. They had the." They had Michter's, it's, it's US-1, I think. They had rye, they had the, the regular, and then they also had the American whiskey, which is a, with a blue label on it. And uh, I, I told her to get the rye because I'd heard really good things. It is phenomenal, man. Yeah, I think Super, the, super the, sweet. The post super was, it was he had like several variations of each one and then posed the question, you know, which family uh, yeah. do, you, you you prefer, know, yeah. do you prefer? Which is funny because I got onto Old Forester I'm not sure it was either Eric or someone else that that turned me on to Forrester, <laughs> and, and I I've been a you know I'm I'm still um you, you know somewhat of a novice when it comes to to bourbons, whiskeys, scotches, rums, the whole nine, 
And uh, and I've really enjoyed everything that I've had from the old Forrester family. I've never had the Michters. And it, the response to his post was pretty overwhelmingly that Michters is the better family of brands. Eric and Jordan, I know you guys are real familiar with, with, with both of those. Do you, would you guys agree that Michters beats out Old Forester when you're looking at the whole portfolio? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, o- Old depends. Forester is like a $20 bottle. It's so. half the price, yeah. Uh, I don't think of the same it, distillery though. Old Old Forester is uh, Heaven Hill, and I think Michter's is uh, Willet. All right, we're gonna have a guest oh, guest oh, appearance. Look at that! Is, is it all right to have a guest appearance on the yeah. show? Yeah, Andre, oh. Antonio. I'd like <laughs> I'd like to introduce all my friends and family in in Dojo Nation. Love you guys, man. This community has, has meant the world to me. And and this little guy right here joined my family December 1st. And uh, if I have any say in it, he's going to grow up to be a Cigar Dojo show host. He might be Hall of Fame. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's in. I think he's he gets in the Hall of Fame. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> We're getting to that, Jordan. I promise. We're we're getting to that that segment very soon. Uh, but 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 yes. <laughs> if if you believe in America and you believe in little beautiful babies, you'll vote Randy for Hall of Fame. Stand up, shaking hands and kissing babies. <laughs> I really want that beanie. Yeah. 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 It's not I, gonna fit my head, but I, I bought this for him when when my wife was about four months pregnant. So, so he's just now fitting into it, but. Uh, Great to see you, Let, let's let him take over for you and the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, he's about as coherent. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you ready? Hey, oh. uh, that was my beautiful wife, Aransa Suvielvaso Griggs, that just brought my my baby out here to. Uh, she knows what what the dojo community means to me and how much it means to me to share uh, a, a quick sighting of Andre Antonio. Can you, uh, so, can you introduce the rest of your family? Like other, like, you any know. Any dogs running around? You got, uh, you oh, got ants, yeah. uncles. Get Marley in there. Marley and Ziggy. Come on. Let's go. I, I am a big dog lover. I, I, I have two large dogs named Marley and Ziggy. I, I So Ziggy was the firstborn son of Robert Nesta Marley. And his wife was named Rita Marley. I have a chicken named Rita Marley. I raise chickens. and uh, <laughs> Of course you do. <laughs> I do, of course. I there is nothing. I don't care what the package says. You cannot buy free range eggs and expect them to taste as good as if you just raise yeah. your own chickens. And <laughs> I mean, the, oh sure, the flavor, the richness uh, of those eggs. I mean, do you have change. your own cows too? Like, I, I, oh, I would imagine that would taste better it. too. It's so, funny so, you bring it up. Yeah, it's funny you should ask that because as uh, as uh, as a kidding. Home, as a home cheese maker, my wife and I have literally discussed, like, what would it take to have a cow uh, <laughs> here in the yard? And we, we've, I mean, I'm this close to getting a, a goat because we yes. love goat's milk or goat's milk cheese. And so I, I'm literally heavily contemplating raising a goat for its milk so that we can make homemade goat milk cheese. Randy, what do you think about this? We've, we've, we've been <laughs> yeah. kicking around this idea at the studio about it. Sensei, Sensei is regretting ever inviting me to be part of this team. I'm so sorry, Eric. It, it's, ahead, it's called the Infinity Cow. Oh, yeah, this is a good and one. This we, was actually my dad's idea. Yes, yeah, my grandpa's idea. And what we do is we get the cow, and we just, like, 
surgically cut a sliver out of, you know, or get a, some, some beef out of this guy. And then we sew him back up real nice and clean, keep, take care of him, you know, and then we can just keep doing this forever. Infinity. Infinity cow. Mm. Yeah, you like, like you can shear sheep more than once. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's like you can shear a sheep more than once. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just keep. I mean, by the but, time we get around the cow, it might be a little scar tissue to deal with in the next yeah. go round. But yeah, muscle doesn't grow back; it just fills in with scar tissue. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that, that would be very tenuous and, and, and chewy. Don't, uh, don't, rain, don't rain on our parade, Randy. <laughs> Randy, come on. It's genius. It's, it's, it sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> it, sounds great. it sounds great, guys. I'm looking forward to dinner at your house. Okay, good. <laughs> Infinity cow, people. All right. All right so, so the two segments that, that I'd still like to touch on. Oh, and two more. <laughs> well, well, well I, I would like to address the whole Hall of Fame conversation if we could. Uh, <laughs> as, as, as you guys know, I, I made a, I put a lot of work into this whole campaign and, and I've taken some shots and, and so if it's all right with, with you, Eric, I, I I'd like to you know say a few things about that. And then secondly, uh, we're winding down, man. We only have one show left right. that will be right. uh, p- part of season one. And um, I'm pretty excited about the concepts and themes that, wow, I got taken right off the air of uh, the, uh, I'm really excited about the concept for for season two. I don't know, Rob, if you're if you feel like we're ready to uh, unveil the uh, plans for season two of Flavor Odyssey. Um, so th- those are two segments that I'd be ready to uh, address right now. Let's bang it um, out, and- baby. Let's bang it out. All right, all right, Rob. Why, why don't you uh, take charge of season two while I go ahead and knock back this six half blue ribbon? Uh, indeed. Um- yeah, are you going to breathe oh while you're doing God. that? That's number six? Yeah. Yes, sir. Oh! I, told, I told you. It was a sucker bet, boys. Come on. <laughs> better I, I guessed under for some reason. I don't know. That's terrible. You should, you're, should be very disappointed in yourself. I've just, Jordan, uh, Jordan is one of the few people, part of this community, that has seen me shotgun. I'm going to need a full that reminds That reminds me of the All picture right. of Willie Mays where he's holding <laughs> like four baseballs in his hand. <laughs> This is my consumption for the for this show after the three palos from the previous show. Goodness. Don't try this at home, children. <laughs> and, and, and in, my, in my personal opinion, I'm holding it together just fine. Yeah, just, just fine. Yeah, we we preach uh, moderation here on this show, guys. Um, just no, I'm just Randy. I'm just giving you a hard time. Season two, we are very excited about season yes. two. So <clears throat> it's it's not like an official title or anything like that, but. Season two of Flavor Odyssey, guys, is going to be Randy and I. It's the quest for the perfect pairing. So we are going to address a a few different. I think we're going to do six different rappers. So Mm -hmm. we're going to go with, like, let's say uh, 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 Connecticut Broadleaf. I think I believe is is one of the rappers we're going to uh, attack during this season and seek that perfect pairing for. So we're going to have four different episodes. We're going to smoke four different, excuse me, um, Connecticut broadleaf wrap cigars that we're, we're going to identify of, of all these different, these different wrappers, four cigars that kind of, uh, epitomize that wrapper in, uh, in premium cigars. So, uh, one, I'm not going to name any specific cigars cause we, 
we haven't really announced any of that yet, so we're not going to go that far. But let's just say for uh, Connecticut Broadleaf, we're going to smoke four different cigars, and each week we're going to pair it with something different. We'll start with a beer. We'll probably do a spirit. We'll mm-hmm. do uh, a non-alc. That may be coffee. It may be like a soda, um, <clears throat> something to that effect. A bang uh, energy drink. Who it knows? could be. It could be a bubblegum flavored bang energy drink, yeah. which apparently <laughs> is a thing. And uh, and then we may do like a second uh, spirit, like maybe we'll do whiskey and then rum, or we'll do whiskey and then a mixed drink or something to that effect. So we're going to go four different uh, particular uh, pairings with that uh, with that specific wrapper and try to find what we think is the perfect style of pairing. On top of that. Now, this is just an idea that we just started kicking around is we're uh, we might seek out. Maybe we'll have some guests that uh, can come in and talk specifically about that one particular rapper. Like if we're doing a broadleaf, maybe we'll have chief of the broadleaf. Chief maybe of the broadleaf. Chief of the broadleaf might come on. I mean, we haven't made any of those contacts. I, I'm sure Nick would be happy to come on the show. He's a great dude. Um, but, you know, maybe we'll do something like that where we can have a. That first episode will be kind of a primer on the leaf where we can really kind of deep dive, get a little bit nerdy on the leaf itself, and then you know stretch that out into a few different pairings. I think for the season, we're looking at probably six different wrappers, Randy, mm-hmm. and then we're going to mix in some wild card episodes in between each. So we'll do maybe Connecticut Broadleaf, and then we'll have kind of a weird, funky little um, – we'll, we'll do a, a, try to find the perfect pairing for the white trash old-fashioned maybe. And then hey. move into uh, to a Brazil Brazilian Araparaca wrapper, something to you, that effect. You but just love saying uh, that. I, I, I like to roll them R's, baby. Araparaca over Montefina. Am I right? Am I alone uh, on this? Well, based on what I smoked earlier today, I'm going to go Montefina. Oh. But I don't know if good a good specific. Randy, really? I don't know if that's a good uh, <laughs> expression of the leaf. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> uh, so that's that's the direction for season two. We're kind of we're excited about this. So it's we're not really going to go with the the whole um, alphabet thing again. But we are going to Vince. Vince is speaking some truth, buddy. When Vince speaks, you listen. Randy. <clears throat> we are uh, yeah. So we're going to attack the specific leaves. Maybe get a little more cigar specific uh, in season two. But we're also going to uh, dissect the the spirits and whatever whatever it is that we're drinking. Now, we, we may. One of the, we might be drinking uh, coffee, and maybe we'll talk you know, real specific about that that roast of coffee, where the beans come from, that kind of thing. So we're yeah. we're really going to get into um, into a, a deeper level of of pairing in general. I think. Mm-hmm. So a few of the commoners might have missed that you guys will be doing non-alcoholic pairings. Correct. There's going to you know. be for each. Um, <clears throat> And there's been, you know, people have reached out saying, hey, you know, I don't I don't uh, I don't drink beer. I gave up drinking, whatever it is. Um, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, and, and even it's not even so much that it's just sometimes I just want to have like coffee and cigars. It's yeah. kind of hard to beat that pairing. Right. We That's completely right. ignored that in season one. So, um, I mean, Randy's beer knowledge uh, will still be put to the test, you know, as we go through and. Um, we're going to, you know, start branching out into <laughs> trying to get you to do it. It's got to happen. It's 
got to be soon. You already you promised it. I mean, well, it's a- well, since I've already poured my seventh into a glass, the shotgun would literally be the eighth okay. PVR uh, consumed. <laughs> yes, yeah, and that might. This is totally. And the, the people demand it. <laughs> I, I love it. Jo- Jordan just is hunting those down and putting them on the screen. Um, yeah, uh, I, 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 I agree with Mike. Yeah, yeah. Co- coffee is a fantastic pairing. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of sodas you can get into. Root beer pairings are very, very good. You get cream soda pairings are very good. I was good. about to say cream soda is definitely one that I've gotten recommendations mm-hmm. on. I've never, uh, I've never done one myself, but, uh, but that's that that that's a concept, right? And the the name of the show is Flavor Odyssey. Odyssey is the journey of us going through. Um, you know, Jordan decided to put the word expertise or uh, there on our our name plaques. Rob and I would both tell you, you know, we're not experts. We're 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 passionate, uh, you know, Students. seekers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Students of the game. Exactly. You know, I, I hope to learn, I, and I learn from Rob every week. I, I learn every once in a while from Jordan. Not not nearly as much, but every yes. once in a while he'll have a nugget like juice that that will that uh that will incorporate. Oh, but you don't learn anything from Eric. I mean. No. It's- no. Eric's well, just sitting there, just there to be pretty. Exactly. Come on, g- yeah. give us, give us the zoom in. You got the hey, zoom? Can, we, can we get it? Look at Gosh. this. The, hey. the depth of that okay. camera, man, is it, frightening. Actually, yeah, yeah, you look fantastic, Eric. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, but, but no, I, I, I'm super excited about it. Obviously, you know, we came up with the concept for A to Z, you, you know, to to put a challenge to to us. But, but now, you know, I, I'd love to figure out, you know, what what we end up deciding if we think goes best with it with a specific wrapper um i'm you guys know i make i make my own um, uh, coffee creamer from scratch at home and uh, don't do not sleep on his creamer if dude. you get randy if you're ever at randy's house ask <laughs> for a nice coffee with that creamer and and a uh what is that the uh intemperance EC. Uh, Connecticut, yeah. oh, just yeah. get out of town. That is amazing. Yeah, uh, fantastic pairing. And so, uh, and, and you know, what, you know what? Especially uh, you know, thanks to Protocol so, uh, sponsoring the 24-hour Protocol Cigar Dojo Lounge, I've met, I've got a chance to uh, hang out and interact with a lot more of our audience, and and I've had actually a, a lot of uh, gluten-free uh, people reach out and say, you know. Would you guys ever consider doing something that that is in my wheelhouse, such as a cider or a seltzer? Uh, and and we'd love to be able to provide that kind of content and and uh, you know help try and find pairings that people can uh, kind of have. You know, I always reference an aha moment. Yeah, you know, I uh, for for me, I, I've done classes on on sensory for years and years, and, and that first one that is very well known throughout the food industry in general, whether you're talking about a uh, the the lab scientists at Doritos, uh, all the way to to Doritos. beer professional, uh, that yeah uh, they call it the jelly bean tasting, where you hold your nose and you pop a jelly bean in your mouth, and without having the uh, access to to your retroactive uh, your retrohale, your olfactory uh, uh, aroma sensories, all you're gonna taste on your tongue is gonna be sweet, it's gonna be sour. And it's not until you release your nose that you realize that that red jelly bean was watermelon or cherry. And, and, and it's been one of the great thrills of my life to do these classes and have just watch people's faces light up and just be like, oh, OK, so watermelon's an aroma. It's not a taste at all. 
And so, you know, in beer, at least we, we actually call flavor 80% aroma, uh, 15% taste and 5% texture is, is what I believe makes up what flavor is to people. And so if, if we can help guide somebody that's, uh, you, you know, uh, celiac or, or, or gluten sensitive to a pairing that can really uh, enhance their experience while smoking a cigar and finding something to pair with that, I, I, what greater, you know, I mean, uh, Juan Cancel says it best all the time every time he sees uh, Eric. He's doing God's work, that he's bringing people together. and that, that, Phenomenal. That he's giving, phenomenal. It's phenomenal, yeah. Which actually is a pretty good segue, I'd say, into uh, the next segment. Um, Let's uh, all right. So it was a, a great episode. <laughs> that we, Thanks I think, for, we have to acknowledge, like Randy, that was a heck of a speech for being <laughs> like, what are you, twelve beers deep? Yeah, Goodness, I mean, <clears throat> a heck of a speech. Nine, nine. Oh, ten. Oh, I forgot. I had one of the. If I had one of our uh, sparkles before the three pailos, I'm nine beers. If you don't, nine, if you don't shotgun that last beer, people will riot. <laughs> there's at this point, I'm gonna be honest with everybody. There's very, very low probability of seeing me shotgun here today. What? Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm gonna have to sip this tenth beer. I'm, I'm. No, no, that you even, should, you should. Let's not, let's not, let's not push that. Now, wait, you guys haven't given that. a, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down on this episode. I need to show off these graphics. Oh, so yeah. For those listening on podcast, Randy is giving two a very enthusiastic thumbs up because he smoked a fantastic cigar and had a nice little cl- palate cleanser. Uh, I'm going thumbs down. I had a very big beer and five cigars, four four different cigars. And, and, you know, had I gone with the factory smoke to begin with, I probably would have gone thumbs up. I mean, this this latter portion of my pairing is. It's been pretty solid. I mean, the cigar is what it is. It's it's two bucks, and and that's you know you kind of have your expectations. It's I'm I'm not expecting that this is going to be you know 96 rated cigar. I'm, but if it's something I'm halfway through and I'm still kind of enjoying it and tasting the flavors, then that's good enough for me. Uh, I I gotta say that the audience uh, pretty angry. Uh, mess- they're they're incorrigible. They're 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 putting everybody at risk. Uh, Okay, so so b- b- before before we wrap up, I, I would like to just say something real quick, and I'm sorry, Eric. I'll, I promise I'll make it oh, quick. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, the whole Hall of Fame campaign. <laughs> I appreciate the hell out out of everybody that supported me and and tried. To, come on, Robbie, wake up a little little, little bit. I'm your partner here. Uh, I, I I appreciate so much uh, all, all the support that I've got. I even appreciate the detractors. Who, who have tried to put me in my place because in my heart of hearts, I actually agree with the detractors. Uh, I, I joined the dojo app in 2018 and uh, it's been a great ride, man. I, I, I care so much for so many people that I've met through the app and uh, I, I, I'll remember meeting those of you that I've met live for the rest of my life, man. This has been such a cool experience being part of this community. And I just want to say like, to be honest, those that weren't there, we were literally on a show, and I said to Eric, you know, this probably isn't my year, but the way I'm trending, I, next year I might really be in contention <laughs> for a Hall of Fame. And he said to me, well, Randy, now you're an employee and you're disqualified permanently. And and I took 
I took great uh, a great deal of of uh, that hurt me. <laughs> I'll be honest, you know, you know, and, and you guys should all know how much I love Robbie Raz. <laughs> He's one of the best friends I have in the world. You're and I mean crying that <laughs> from the bottom of my heart. But Robbie Raz is a mercenary. He is. A, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, he's he's a cigar. Good for hire, baby. I, I, I Robbie Raz. I mean, seriously, man. I have so much respect for you, brother. Yeah, he he created the, the you know some of the initial um, uh, kind of podcasts and shows where 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 beer and, and cigars were paired together. I couldn't be more thankful for the opportunity to to be your partner here. Uh, but, but that being said. Um, I started as a community member. I started on the app. I found Smoke Night Live on YouTube when I was still studying what the difference between Maduro and, and, and Connecticut Shade was. Randy, can I can I interrupt real quick? I I'd rather you not. I'm kind of, yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs> doing my thing. No, but you're, yeah, you're, you're on a roll, but let me ask you this. Let me yeah. ask you this. So uh, Eric Eric says that, that now that you are an employee, you're, you are um, – what was the term that you used? Like you're not eligible for for life. Like you're out. There's, there's, you're disqualified. There's no way you can get in. Now, had you known that before <laughs> you came on the trip to IPCPR with us, would you have still gone? Absolutely. Of then I think then we're done. <laughs> as much as I respect Cuts you, Rob. Had you known at the time, and, and that's, and I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just asking an honest no, question. That's fair. Because it, you kind of have to. It's it's a checks and balances. You're weighing your options, the ROI on each side. I know how you think. You're yeah. you're you are a sales guy through and through, and so you're looking like what 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 am I going to gain from doing this, or what am I going to gain from doing that? And you're going to weigh it out, and you're going to do it like this. You're a very bright guy. You're super super sharp. But I'm pretty impulsive. <laughs> you are, but it's but it's not. It's, it's not a, it, you're not impulsive without thought. Impulsive of like, hey, I'm gonna go run across the freeway and see if I can not get hit by traffic. Maybe you'd do that, but I, I don't know. You'd have some sort of algorithm figured out before then, where you'd know where the traffic's gonna be or something Absolutely. to that effect. You Absolutely. would have done. You would have played like seven thousand hours of Frogger before you did it <laughs> to make sure that you got it right. So I, I think it just boils down to: Would you rather be doing this, or would you rather be in the Hall of Fame? Boy, that's that's, that's kind of brutal, dude. That that's like kind of meaner to me than Jordan's been. It's jo not, no, that's Jordan's not my biggest detractor. Just so we're clear, the Wrecking Crew guys are very get off my lawn and and, and are trying to shut my whole campaign well, down. But no, but guys, no, right? nobody has been a bigger detractor than Jordan Gatormson, who is our you you know our skinny jeans. His opinion counts half. He's he's the what, what, what's your title? You're the executive editor of Cigar Dojo. I mean, uh, managing editor. Uh, managing me. editor. Par pardon me. Pardon me. You should look for a promotion. The word executive in your title is always kind of a. Anyhow, uh, I I, I, I want to say that I I appreciate everybody's support. Like you wouldn't believe that Juan Cancel unprompted produced uh, uh, an endorsement video. D Pittman, I, 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 these are the people that that I saw <laughs> that I saw posting and, and got me excited. Um, a shout out to Juan Rios, who belongs in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. When when I was still a new 
member to the app and I asked, what, what, what are these bombs you guys are talking about and how is this working out out of nowhere? I got a massive package that included uh, Agonorsa Reviver, which I had missed the sale on because I didn't realize that the Dojo collaboration sold out in a day. You know, when I, I saw that announcement, I thought, oh, yeah, you know, next week I'll tune in and maybe pick one of those up. I didn't know it was, you know, get in line and, and hope you get lucky enough to, to buy a box. Uh, and, and so, you know, th that's that's when I kind of had to check myself this week as uh, some some of the folks uh, actually mentioned that there's uh, several uh, community members and, and contributors that uh, came before me that still aren't in the hall and, and have, you know, first crack at this. You know, they deserve it. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, Kurt, I'm pulling for you. And Juan Rios, I'm pulling for you. And Wayne Brock, I, I, these these are the guys that that you know you know led me to understand what a cool community this is. So I, I just want to go out there because I I hate the idea that people think that I'm trying to, uh, you know, skip my my tenure and jump in line in front of people that are more deserving, and, and that would that couldn't be further from the truth. R Randy, but, the interesting <laughs> thing is, there's like Jordan, cut him off. There is a. Uh, <laughs> This they have a signal. It's when you're in the same studio, you can have signals like a where you guys on the screen you can't see it. Like I'll kick Randy when he's when he's talking too much. I just give him a little. You can't tell I'm doing it. And and when Eric and Jordan aren't on the screen, Eric must have been throwing darts at Jordan. He's like, just come on, get this guy off. Well, the interesting thing, Randy, is that this comment came up on the screen, but there is someone who is both a contributor and a Hall of Fame member. He did it the right yeah. way. Kevin Acuff is in the Hall of Fame, and he's a dojo contributor. See, but I use that as my – in legal terms, that would be precedent set, mm. that there is no <laughs> written policy discluding it, it was, contributors. Because he was Hall of Famer before he There's became a, a contributor. By the way, it. just There's so everybody way. knows, the Hall of Fame inductee show will be uh, Friday, May 29th. <clears throat> Friday, May 29th will be the Get all show. your answers. So we'll we'll see we'll see who makes it in on that night. We'll see. All right. Well, All right. Uh, th thank you guys for for the opportunity to have my little soapbox moment. <laughs> uh, little. Go, go ahead and close out the show any way you like. Hold on, uh, 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 Robbie. Before you close out the show, uh, Friday night, guys, we're gonna have Class Kellner on the show. Class from Davidoff. Class, 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 Class. I don't know. It's Class. Could be either way. Class is in session. Uh, class is in session, and so you can win this amazing 10-pack of cigars. And Holy crap. Not only, not only that, but check this out. This is insane. I, I don't know if you guys can see this good enough, but all right. So this is a Davidoff. Uh, Davidoff. Look at this. Hold on. Wait till I pull this out. It's you have these for the staff, right? Look at this. <clears throat> this thing is insane. That's the sickest it's a flask, flask I've ever seen. It's a flask. Holy but it is, it's Dude. a Davidoff flask. That holds a full Whoa. 750 mils. And this thing is Whoa. intense. I so, can't express in words how much I want that. So <laughs> the way to enter is we're looking for 10 great questions to ask Klaus on the show. 10 great questions. So post your tobacco or other question <laughs> on the Dojo app with hashtag uh, it's Klaus in session. So that's K-L-A-A-S-I-N session. And we're going to pose 10 of those questions to Klaus on the show, but one of them 
will win this great prize pack. And by the way, the cigars, one of those cigars is the Dojo Davidoff cigar. It's in this oh. right there. So, guys, you got to get on that. Be be creative. Really think it through. Come on, we gotta we gotta push the boundaries. These have to be intense questions because Klaus knows everything there is to know about tobacco. So we don't want any lightweight questions. We want deep, in-depth questions. So you could be a winner uh, just two days from today, right, Jordan? So, <coughs> anyways, so that's uh, that's Friday night. Can, if if I quit today, can I be <laughs> entered to win that? Yes, <laughs> it might be worth it. I'm serious. Like, there's there aren't words to express how much I want. I'll, somebody else can have the cigars. I'd love the cigars, but I want that flask. It, weigh, the, it weighs it like thirty yes. pounds. It's I want it insane. in a desperate, desperate way. <laughs> that's, that is that's. I, I need to talk to Klaus about this. I've never met him, but uh, I need to uh, introduce myself and say, "Dude, what's going on with these flasks?" Because that thing's it's the bottom. that's that's one of the sexiest things I've ever seen on the show. Right. Yes. Okay. To, to give reference. <laughs> uh, anyway, that that's amazing. Um, so I will be uh, handing in my resignation, and then we will <laughs> tune in on Friday for that that show on uh, Smoke Night Live. That's going to be awesome. Uh, and Klaus really does know his stuff, man. I've I've seen a lot of shows with him. I've never actually met the guy. Uh, I may have met him, but I've never really talked to him. Like had like a real meaningful conversation. Um, he knows his stuff. <clears throat> He's one of the that next gen of uh, this. We've talked about that a little bit uh, offline, a little bit. The next generation of this uh, of this industry that uh, really has me excited about what's going to happen moving forward. But um, with that being said, I'm going to be honest with everybody. I don't know what we're doing next week. We have another episode uh, before we start season two, and on Monday I'm going to do a live on. Facebook Live and let you guys know what exactly that is because right now I don't know, and we'll—it's uh, probably written down somewhere. Uh, and I know Randy doesn't know, so I'm not even going to bother asking him at this point. Uh, we will just move forward. Uh, next Wednesday we'll have another uh, fun episode. It might not be two hours of Randy chugging beer, but it will be uh, equally as fun. Thanks to everybody for tuning in, and we'll see you all next Wednesday as the Odyssey continues. <laughs>